Hey friends, welcome to the Axiom Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us and check out our episode. Um, this is a space where we post our, our Sunday sermons and occasionally we have discussions and conversations regarding life in this community and following Jesus. So thank you for listening and please engage us on our website, axiomchurchaz.com or on any of our social medias. We'd love to hear from you. Take care. All right. Hey, may the hope of Christ be with you. There we go. Good to see you guys. How, how are we doing? Yeah, so good. Mike, catch me up. What's new? Thumbs up. All right. Sorry. Coming on like a little Dutch bros this morning. I know. My bad. Uh, you know, hey, it's okay. I am excited. It's Advent season. Christmas is here. Who's excited for Christmas? That was so unconvincing. It's okay to not be excited about Christmas. I hate Christmas too. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Coming on strong. Uh, It's good to be with you. It's good to kick into Advent. Guys, Advent is the most rebellious season of the year. It is the most rebellious season of of the year. In a world of despair, conflict, sorrow, and hate, we have the choice of hope, peace, joy, and love. That's how we as followers of Jesus get to embody the presence of Christ in a world that doesn't know thoroughly what hope is. That's rebellious. That's punk rock. And, 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 and we get to say yes to that. These things are always a choice in the midst of their counterparts. That's the, that's the beauty of them. Hope, joy, peace, and love are available even when the opposite seems true in our circumstances. And they're always fully available to you today. Now, hope is hard because by definition, hope means waiting, right? Because you're hoping for something. In Jesus' big story, though, waiting is is a worthy virtue. So we say in hope, right, the, the, the Advent mantra, come Lord Jesus, Maranatha, for we will be satisfied with nothing less than the coming of Jesus. So, so if you look at your disparity, if you look at your pain points, I want you to say to all the potential outcomes, if you're not the return of Jesus, then I'll keep waiting. And what I mean by that is that as followers of Jesus, we recognize that all of our pains have a redemption. They have a reconciliation. And then that's true for you. And that's hopeful and worth waiting for. In hope, we surrender to live unfinished. We surrender to to live unresolved. We surrender to to know that the fullness of God is coming, so we refuse to settle for half-hopes and personal plans or agendas or whatever it is because we're waiting for the bigger story to unfold. 
And that's, that's a gift to us that we get to have that choice. And we might be tempted to think that, yeah, but it's unreachable because this is so hard. But the story of Advent tells us otherwise. That Jesus doesn't come to us in unreachable ways. He comes to us in very reachable and tangible ways. He comes to us humbly, gentle, and lowly. He meets us in our own humanity. He does everything to take away the dissonance. He travels across, I don't know what kind of universe, to go from the dwelling place of God to a place that we all know a place that is reachable and accessible so that we might step in, so that we might partake, so that we might have, if only ourselves, hope, joy, peace, and love. But, but the way he comes is a signal to the way that we have to come to him. That the, the Lord, we know this. James tells us about it. He's just quoting Proverbs, so the old guys knew about it too, but he gives us more grace. That is why Scripture says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Now, I, I bring this up because Jesus himself comes in the most humble of ways, and what I'm trying to tell us is that if we want to access the very reachable presence of God, humility is the way we do it. Humility is the way to do it. There's a reason the proud was kicked out of heaven, right? And the humble, of course, are invited right in. And, and that's what this is helping us see. And think about it. Think about it. Mary, young and humble, had lots to be hopeless and despair about, had a lot of uh, struggles and challenges before her, right? Like, like what a difficult situation to be in. What a hard circumstance. I can't imagine what that was like. And yet God, the unreachable one, comes to her. And think about it. He says, you have found favor. Favor. The humble one has found favor. You will conceive a son. And his name is Jesus. He is accessible, reachable, present to you in her humility, in her humbleness. The Beatitudes echo the same thing, that the blessings of God are available to the humble. So, so while hope might be hard, hope is reachable for us. But it does require a humility, a humility. Isaiah 9, we just read it, but I want to read it again. It tells us in, in verse 6 and 7, For to me and you a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace. There will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. That Jesus is reachable. Now, when you look at the world right now, I'm just curious, as you look at the world right now, how much hope do you have? When you think of the pain, the suffering, the fear, Debt, exhaustion, disease, battles, whatever it is, 
How much hope do you have? The answer is you have all of it. Because hope is indifferent to the worst of the worst. That's the nature of it. When you have Jesus, hope is indifferent to the worst of the worst. That's what makes it hope. That's what makes it light. And the reason for this is because Jesus had the worst of the worst and was still triumphant. He suffered. He experienced disappointment, endured temptation, betrayal, ridicule, hunger, thirst. He faced all of that also, just as you have, just as you are. He went through it. Think about it. Hope belongs to us because Jesus belongs to us. And he's the hope of the world. So if Jesus is our hope, then let's just go through the list. Biden's not. Trump's not. Politics are not. The economy is not. Fame is not. Religion is not. Sorry, good looks are not, you know. I know. Health is not. Friends and family are not. When Jesus alone is our hope, we find in that that we are not finished. We, when we recognize that the perfect one is our hope, we all of a sudden are turned towards an abundance of potential. A, a, a very good potential before us. We are salvaged from a fallen people only to be restored and made new. You're Jesus' 56 Chevy, and he's just putting on the parts. That's a terrible analogy. <laughs> Connected with no one in this room. But God is, God, God is so invested in the who you are becoming in him. He is so freaking stoked on you and your potential. You're the only one not stoked about it. And it's not to dispense a, a new pride. It's, it's actually the humility again. That Oh, he would see this in me. He would desire this in me. What would Jesus do with you if you allowed him to do it? If you could become like him, like a child in his arms, what would he do with you? We're unfinished. And that's what Advent is. It's the waiting. It's the recognizing this isn't it yet. We're not celebrating yet. We're not throwing the final party yet. We refuse to settle for any other story's good ending. Because there's a much greater one still coming. That's Advent. Every other model you're given, every other option you are given, the kingdom always gives you an additional option to choose hope, joy, peace, and love. That is an added bonus. 
It's an upgrade for us. It's a story that beats all the other stories. So when you look at the world and you look at powerful people's solutions for conflict in different places, does it fall short of God's redemption? If it does, it's not good enough for me. And it shouldn't be good enough for you. And if you look at one another, the narratives and the choices that you are making or your loved ones are making, if it falls short of God's redemptive purpose for you, it shouldn't be enough. So when we talk about accountability, it's not about holding people down. It's about seeing them to their best in Jesus. All the way through, not just to when you say sorry, but to when God gets his hands on you and makes something new. Because that's what he does. Every other model is going to give you another option, but Jesus gives you an option that, that transcends, transcends all of that. So when someone wants to fight, guess what? You in the kingdom, you have the choice to not fight. You have the choice to love. You have the choice to refuse to be enemies with people that want to be your enemies. You can choose, I refuse to become your enemy. You will not have that kind of power over me. I don't care what swords you've used or what things you've done. In the kingdom of God, I have the capacity to overcome that temptation because I'm living into the new, the better story, the not yet. In our homes, when there's brokenness, we have the option of bearing the burdens. And it doesn't have to be drudgery. It can be joy. We can be present with the anxious. We can be tender to the callous. When someone demands your coat, you can give them your shirt too, as Jesus says. There's always a greater option And Advent is putting that on display. Every time we choose the Advent way, we choose to rebel against the alternative. And when we do that, we reflect the God that we serve. We become hope in our world. They see it in you so it's not just a matter of us having hope it's about us displaying the hope of glory to a world that doesn't know that's an option yet hope says to the world that the the story we live by is different than they thought it was the world needs to see that Because they expect us to repeat our cycles of despair, conflict, sorrow, and hate. But we have a better option. And so hope becomes power over the patterns of the world. Over the powers and principalities of the world. Hope is power. Hope is empowering. Now, I know our inward hope is tested by by the outward chaos. Believe me, I know. And that's why we're invited to to cultivate our interior life with God. Let's face it. uh, Intuitively, 
right? An eye for an eye feels like justice. When you've just been wrong, that feels right. Assuming the worst feels justified when everything is always going wrong and nothing's ever going right, <coughs> right? We're used to that pattern. But that's allowing the narrative of this story to win out over Jesus' story. And this is what I mean by cultivating the interior, is that we are entering into Jesus' story, we're inv- and, we're in- and we're simultaneously inviting God's story to be entertained in our lives. We, here's how we talk about it in Advent. We anticipate. Anticipation is the spiritual practice of empowering the potential of God. It's to believe that God is going to act and do And there's power that's dispensed in that, that's cultivated in that. Because the gospel story gives us another option. So we we hope in advance, not on our narrative, but on his. Because we know it's not finished. And because it's not finished, we refuse to give in to a story that says it is. And this is how we hold the light of God's story. But it is His light. And without it, we are in darkness, and there is no hope. Advent empowers us to hope. Peace, joy, and love. To be clear, what I'm trying to tell us is we get to choose these actions when confronted with alternatives, and we get to anticipate these outcomes in the in-between advent, waiting. Moms, you can do this with your screaming children, by the way. God's not done with them. Praise him. Amen. He's not done with them. And, and your nagging husbands. He's not done with them also. You're probably not done with them either. Grandparents, you can do this with your kids' decision-making. Students, you can do this up against the uncertainty of life's biggest decisions. Husbands, you can do this when your wife tells you no and when you don't get your way. You can choose the potential, the hope. You can choose that God's story is bigger, bigger than these many victory lines that we've created. I want to end with this. Romans, Paul tells us this, and I I find this scripture so helpful for me. May the God of hope Right? Like, you can't have it unless he gives it. So he's the God of it. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That's the anticipating. That's the advent. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. You are empowered in the anticipation, in the choosing to believe. Let's pray. Lord, the old confession says it best. Hope 
abounds. And so, Jesus, given that, we turn to you. And we say, our hope is in you, Jesus. And we choose to refuse to place our hope in places that fall short of who you are. Help us to make this decision in confidence. Help us to, in the in-between spaces, rely fully on you to keep your story ever before us. To walk humbly so that we might receive fully that which you intend to do. Lord, thank you for the work you're already doing in us through your spirit. And may we never see its end until you return. In Jesus' name, amen.